If you have your Bibles, I'd like to read Psalm 111. Psalm 111. The message I have in mind is talking about Thanksgiving. I would like to talk and give us... Uh, oh, I don't know exactly how to say this, but uh, if we don't watch it, Thanksgiving can become rote, but it also can become legalized. So we want to try to do something to make it alive. And the principles that I'll be sharing with you certainly apply to Thanksgiving, but it could really apply to just about anything. Uh, it could apply to your prayer life. How many times have you sat down to a meal and gave thanks and you realize that's the exact same thanks I gave the last six times? Or it could be singing. You can come and worship and all of a sudden you think, well, I'm singing. And, and, and it just, what Brother Richard has said in past years, uh, just sometimes it feels like we're just barking at a, a songbook. And uh, if we don't watch it, it can become rote. But if we also, on the other extreme, it can become legalized, uh, legalistic uh, behavior. So when we look at Thanksgiving, that's what I would like to talk about. So before I start, I would like to read Psalm 111. It's only 10 verses long. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, sought out all of them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endureth forever. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. <clears throat> the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He hath given meat unto them that fear him. He will even be mindful of his covenant. He hath showed his people of the power of his works, and he hath given them a heritage of the heathen. The works of his hands are verity and judgment. All his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever, and are done in truth and uprightness. He sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverence, reverent is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. There's probably at least a dozen things in there we could give thanks to God for. Uh, his wondrous works, his covenant, his promises, his being nigh. And I pray that as we come to the Lord, um, it, uh, Thanksgiving is something that sometimes we forget, but it's something that shouldn't be automatic. It, 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 it shouldn't be in terms of vain repetitions. So, Lord willing, I'd like to talk about the giving of thanks and, and if that changes, how that will change not only our own hearts and minds, but it'll change our perception, the perception of those around us also. I'd like to do that. I'm going to start with a little story here and then I'll get into my message. As many of you know, I, I from a secular profession, I taught for close to about 20 years and I still teach one class, and it's a very low-level class. When I say low-level compared to what I normally teach. And, and when I, I teach, <clears throat> there's something that, and, and I've helped Josiah a little bit, and Emery's actually sat in my classroom. Actually, Graham sat in my classroom once upon a time, too. But when I teach, I cannot stand vain repetitions. I cannot stand memorizing algorithms, steps, and procedures and I try my best to teach students principles, 
instead of memorizing a bunch of things of what you do a fraction, step one, step two, step three, step four, what you do to a percentage, step one, step two, step three, step four, what you do in algebra, step one, step two, step three. I try to teach some principles that'll take you all the way up into calculus if that's how far you go. I try to teach reasoning. And invariably, I have a student that resists. Just tell me how to do it. I don't care why. Just tell me how to do it. And I have one of those students now. His name's Jake. And he's fought me. This was week nine we just completed. He's fought me for nine weeks. Mr. Painter, why are you making me do this? All I have to do is this step. And finally, about a week ago, I said, all right, Jake, do it the way you want. I says, I know what's coming in about two or three chapters. You're going to hit the wall, and you're not going to know how to do this. He says, Mr. Painter, I got it. My two other brothers did it this way. I know what I'm doing. I'm going ahead. I said, all right, go for it. Well, on Tuesday, we were learning a new concept, and Jake's typing in, Mr. Painter, I don't know how to do this. And I said, that's because you ignored me a week and a half ago. And another student, he made me giggle so much. He typed, he said, Jake, just hit the wall. <laughs> Public announcement, Jake, just hit the wall. And I, he, he tickled my funny bone. And I said, I forecasted that this would happen, but I thought it'd be two or three chapters, not two or three lessons. But Jake hit the wall. Okay, I have a feeling that many of us in a religious life, sometimes we just look for the steps and procedures because it's easier as opposed to understanding the principles. And that's kind of where I'm headed today. So my guess is my kids probably for the rest of their lives will hear Jake hit the wall. Okay, it's just a statement. But there you go. All right, with that being said, um, the Bible tells us to give thanks and these are verses we looked at two weeks ago, two weeks ago. So I'm not going to spend much time. I'm going to read them to you real quick. Here's four New Testament commandments where we're supposed to give thanks. Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything and by prayer and supplication with thanksgivings, let your requests be made known to God. Thanks is not an option. Colossians 3.17, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Second, third verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.18-20, it's said twice here, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God. And then finally, Hebrews thirteen fifteen, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So I think we're getting the, the point that uh, giving thanks is not an option. It's just not a liberty. It's something that's kind of nice to do. It's something we ought to do. Okay? So in that particular respect, children, it's good to give thanks to your parents. All right? Maybe it's time, it's good to give thanks to an employer. Maybe it's good to give thanks to a teacher, you young students. Maybe it's good to give thanks, and there's no maybe about it, right? It's good to give thanks to uh, 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 anyone that's uh, 
uh, got authority over you in any particular way possible. Okay? So, with that being said, let's go forward. I want to talk about a couple verses where in the Old Testament, thanks was something that was part of the law. Okay? Now, the only reason I'm sharing these is because that's what the Old Testament did, and it's possible for us to create something that becomes a law. And when we do something because it's a law like giving thanks, is it really thanks? Is it really heartfelt thanks? And the answer is no. Well, here's a cookie. Say your thank you. Thank you, Dad. Okay, here's the cookie. Is that heartfelt thanks? The answer is no. What we're doing is we're teaching our kids to be grateful. We're teaching our kids to be thankful. Think about being grateful and saying words of appreciation. But that particular act, they're going through their mind, if I don't say thanks, I'm not getting cookie, I'm going to say thanks because I want that cookie. Amen? Amen. Well, that's the way we are. All right. Okay, so here's the first verse. And this is, I want to show you the Old Testament. Thanksgiving was legislated, and they actually had people whose job was to give thanks. Okay, you wake up in the morning and... Your job is to go to a restaurant, right? Or your job is to go to a hospital, or your job is to go to a truck, or your job is to go to a, a steel mill, or your jo- you understand. And sometimes you go there and you go, oh, i got to go to work today. Can you imagine being this Levite, and you get up in the morning and it says, okay, i got to go to work today. What's your job? I give thanks, right? Do you think it might, do you think one time, one day, one of these men gave thanks and his heart wasn't really into it? You're all giggling, right? I think maybe it happened at least once. Yes? Well, I only give thanks and then I get my lunch break. Okay, thank you. You know, that kind of thing. Right? So, so this is a particular case. This is in 1 Chronicles 16. I don't have the whole passage here because it wouldn't fit. But... Uh, the Lord appointed certain Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to thank and to praise God. And they did it continually before the ark of the covenant. So this is a, this is a case when someone's job was to give thanks. Okay? So let's pretend <clears throat> we're coming to, to church. And as we come to church, uh, we, um, we, we take one of our members and we take one of our members and we say, okay, we're going to go in here and worship and I want you to go outside. And the whole time we are worshiping, I want you to give thanks. We think, well, that, that might be something really neat to do. It, maybe it would be very beneficial. But what after that man did it every day, eight hours a day for 365 days, do you think it might become just a little bit rote for that man? I think probably it could, Okay. So it is our job to give thanks, but we've got to guard against roteness. Okay, let's go to the next one. Okay, First Chronicles 23, 30 and 31. Here's the commandment. To stand every morning, thank and praise God. Likewise, at evening, offer burnt sacrifices in Sabbaths, new moons, set feasts by number, according to the order commanded continually. Do you think there might be a little tendency if that was the command that came down to give thanks that we might do it rote once in a while? Or we might doing it and said, well, sure is a pretty day. You know, yesterday was the first day of hunting season. Nope, got to go give thanks today. Okay? Do, do you think we, we're flesh. We think that way, don't we? 
So, so, so we've got to be on guard about doing things. Wrote. And it could be any, it could be praying. It could be worshiping. It could be singing. Ten more minutes of singing. Really? My voice is, ten more minutes of singing. Okay, understand? Second okay. Chronicles 33, 16 and 17. Manasseh repaired the altar, sacrificed peace and thank offerings. He commanded Judah to serve God. Nevertheless, people sacrificed in the high places, yet unto the Lord only. Let me explain this one. This is kind of an interesting passage. When uh, there was a time where, where Israel was to offer up sacrifices and they did it on the altar before God and the, only the priests were supposed to do this and it was done in the place where God said. And then they started veering away and they started giving thanks in high places and they started giving offerings and making sacrifices to idol. And you know, if you know the history of Israel and Judah, there were good kings and bad kings. Israel had mostly bad kings. Judah, it seems like it was 50-50. But a new king would come in there. Someone like Asa or Josiah would come in. Those were good kings. And they would walk in and they would tear down the groves and they would say, stop sacrificing in the high places. We're only going to do it as the Lord prescribed. Well, this was a case where that happened. And they started tearing down these altars and these sacrifices, but the people continued to make offerings, but when they did, it wasn't to the Baal or the idols, they did it to God. And my friend, in one sense, that's okay. I mean, I hope the only time you ever give thanks, the only time you ever give thanks is when we come together on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. I hope you're doing it all the time in all different places, right? Yet, we've got to be careful because if our kids see us making thanks in the high places, maybe they start doing it and they forget who it's doing to, and then the next generation does it after that. So again, it's, it's just a caution of how we do it. <clears throat> I got the good stuff coming, so just, just, just wait. All right, I'm still laying the groundwork. And then finally, here's, here's Daniel, Brother Daniel. Faithful man. Daniel, knowing the writing was signed, this was the decree that the only person you pray to is the fake God, went into his house, windows opened, kneeled three times a day, prayed, and gave thanks before God as he did aforetime. Okay, that's good, Daniel. That's good. But the thing is, is I know my flesh and I'm not as holy as Daniel. And if I did it that rigidly three, rigidly three times a day, I know that somewhere, sometime, I'm going to resent having to do it. I'm going to do it mechanically. I'm going to do it quickly. Because you know my background. And, and I'm not making other fun of other denominations right now. I'm just making fun of me being a 10-year-old little boy raised a Roman Catholic. I got so I could say the rosary really, really fast. I think I could say the Our Father in about nine seconds. The Lord's Prayer. Just, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. That's all it was. Did I get any spiritual benefit out of it? Well, probably no for a lot of reasons, but, but, but the answer is No. Well, do I pray like that sometimes? And the answer is yes, I do. I do. So, so I'm just trying to give a warning. 
just just be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for roteness. Be on the lookout for being mechanical. Be on the lookout for being legalistic. Okay? All right, let's go forward. Let's look at a couple uh, thanksgivings. This one is recorded in Deuteronomy 14. And with this in mind, I'm going to jump back to our pilgrims, our forefathers, for a little bit in this next two references. The first one is in Deuteronomy 14. I'm going to read this passage. It's about a half a dozen verses. I'm in Deuteronomy 14. going to start reading at 22. Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed and bring in the field, I'm sorry, that the field bringeth forth year by year. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in a place where which he shall choose to place his name there and tithe of thy corn and of thy wine and of thy oil and the firstlings of thy herds of thy flocks that thou mayest, mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. Verse 24. And if the way be too long for thee so that thou art not able to carry it or if the place be too far from thee which the Lord thy God shall choose to set his name there when the Lord hath God hath pleased thee then shall thou turn it into money and bind up the money in thine hand and thou shalt go to the place which the Lord thy God shall choose and thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever thy soul lustest after for oxen, for sheep, for wine, for strong drink, or whatsoever thy soul desireth, and thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt rejoice, thou and thy household. It kind of sounds like Thanksgiving, doesn't it? A little bit, backhanded way. And the Levite that was within thy gates, thou shalt not forsake him, for he hath no part nor inheritance with thee. <clears throat> and when I read a verse like this, I want to take a little poke at my wife, right? You know the story in our family. I'm trying to think how many years ago. It was at least 15 years ago. It was the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We were laying in bed at night, and she said, Dolph, is there anything you want special for Thanksgiving? And I said, yeah, homemade spaghetti. And she said, for Thanksgiving? And I said, yeah, that's what we did when I grew up. She said, really? I said, yeah, homemade spaghetti. She said, do I have to? <laughs> and this is where I got her. I said, please. Okay. So we had homemade spaghetti for Thanksgiving that year. I haven't had scripture. My soul desireth and lusted after spaghetti. That was my Thanksgiving. So we have entered a time-honored tradition where we flip-flop. One year we do turkey to get what her soul lusts after. And the next year we do homemade spaghetti, what my soul lusteth after. It turned out the kids pretty much split 50-50 on the turkey and the spaghetti too. So it works out okay. But my point is, I like the tradition because it shakes things up. Our kids, when they're little, our grandkids now, they don't know what's coming. And you know what? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. When we have a communion service, I like shaking things up. I like sometimes when the bread's being passed, you eat as you get it. Sometimes we all hold it and eat it as one. 
I like shaking things up. Why? Just to be on guard for that rudeness, right? I like that. I want us to think when we get too mechanical and this is the way it's got to be. Oh, we can't have Thanksgiving. We we forgot the cranberries. Like the meal's going to fall apart if we don't have the cranberries or, or whatever it is. You understand? So, I think we can do that in our own worship. Okay? We can get the legalistic. All right, let's go to this one. Here's another account. Oh, this is the same account. I'm sorry. Just, just, just notice. Notice in, in Nehemiah 8, 9 through 12, all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth. This was a time where they gave thanks. But it wasn't Thanksgiving for a harvest. It was Thanksgiving because they worshiped, they heard the God. It was the first time they heard a preaching service in a long time. They understood the word of God and they gave a Thanksgiving service to celebrate the word of God. Amen? We just read in Deuteronomy 14, this was after a harvest and that's a good time to give thanks and that's what our forefathers did. But we can give thanks for other stuff. Like the word was preached, we hadn't heard it in a long time and we were fed, right? Thanksgiving doesn't have to be around food. I like when it's around food, but it doesn't have to be around food. Matter of fact, maybe once in a while, it shouldn't involve food. Maybe that'll shake things up, okay? Psalm 30, 11 and 12. This Thanksgiving turned mourning into dancing. It put off my sackcloth and girded with gladness. Thanksgiving ought to be a time of joy, right? And how many times when we have these great big dinners, are we so rushing around with menus and visiting? And I remember when I first got married, I was living up in Michigan, and I was hearing all the stories of my coworkers because at the time we were all getting married at about the same time. I knew people that had to eat three Thanksgiving meals on Thursday. Is that joy? No, I I got to. (laughs) Brother Brother Brian's going, yeah. (laughs) That is joy. No, I hit hit the wall. (laughs) Brother Brian, I love you. (laughs) I hit the wall after a while, okay? Okay. Psalm 69, 29 through 32. There's a song that pleased God better than a bullock, an ox or a bullock. The humble shall see and be glad. There's a gladness, and actually, instead of this food offering, a song is, can be better than a great big meal. Don't get me wrong, I like a big meal. But, but, but the joy and the gladness come from that. I think that came from that first song we sang. Okay, let's go to a second um, <coughs> description of Thanksgiving. And this is re- uh, recorded in Deuteronomy 26. This also is about a half a dozen verses. Let me read this one. I'm in Deuteronomy 26, reading it, starting at verse 1. And it shall be when thou art come in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance and possesses it, and dwellest therein. 
that thou shalt take the first of all the fruits of the earth, which thou shalt bring of the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall put it in a basket, and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose the place, uh, his name there. Okay. <clears throat> and thou shalt go unto the priest that shall be in those days, and say unto him, I profess this day unto the Lord thy God that I am come unto the country which the Lord swear unto our fathers for to give us. My guess is when our forefathers came together, the pilgrims, and they had that first Thanksgiving, I'm guessing they were reading this passage or one much like it. And the priest shall take the basket out of thy hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. And I'm going to skip down to verse 10 because this is the part I want. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which thou, O Lord, hast given me, and thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given thee unto thee and unto thine house, thou and thy Levite and the stranger that is among you. I want to take just a little bit. I hope this isn't a rabbit trail. But I want to talk about the difference between the pilgrims and the Puritans just for a second. Our history books have got them the same. They're not the same. The pilgrims were not Puritans. The Puritans were not pilgrims. The pilgrims came over in 1620. They got here in December. 101 of them. 51 of them died that winter. The 50 that remained had a great big harvest. The Indians helped them at the end of that particular harvest. They had the first Thanksgiving service in 1621. And in that harvest, they had a Thanksgiving service, which included the Indians. The pilgrims and the Indians got together very amicably. There's records of them buying and selling land from each other and doing these celebrations. The Puritans did not get along with the Indians. There were wars. They were mistreated and they were conquered, thought to be conquered. This passage right here says, in the Thanksgiving, include the stranger that is among you. The pilgrims did that. The Puritans would not. Matter of fact, the Puritans, at the end of 1630, they started off, there was about 20,000 Puritans and there was only 2,000 pilgrims. By 1630, the Puritans were chastening, scourging, and putting in jail the pilgrims. That different was their faith and practice. And if you don't believe, go do the, read the record of, of a preacher named Obadiah Holmes, who was a Puritan, converted to the Baptist faith, and was publicly whipped for his heresy. There was a huge difference. My whole point in sharing that little brief history is we can get to a point where even though we're going through the motions of maybe this Thanksgiving service, we can be so self-consumed and isolated that we've lost the whole principle of what God has done. When we give thanks, it should be one that is not done in isolation, and it should be one that is not done in inclusion. We should include folks. 
maybe if our thanks was given that way, more people would be interested in what we do, how we worship, and what we believe. Amen? Okay, so think about your invitees this next Thanksgiving. Think about it, okay? That's part of a Thanksgiving process. All right, sincere Thanksgiving. Is it inclusive? The pilgrims and Indians, okay, I got this one. Leviticus 19, 33 and 40, 34. If a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, ye shall not vex him. Pilgrims did not, the Puritans did. 2 Samuel 24, 47 and 15. I will give thanks o, unto the Lord, unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen. I'm going to give thanks and I'm going to do it in a way that the folks around me can see. You've got to have an attitude of charity. And when we hear the song, How Deep a Father's Love, all of a sudden we realize, if not by the grace of God, we would be in a whole lot of hurt. Okay, here's one more. This is in First Chronicles 16. I'm going to start reading at verse 1. We're reading a couple Thanksgiving observances. We just read two in Deuteronomy. This is the third one. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. And when David made an end of the offering and the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he dealt to every one of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone a loaf of bread, a good piece of flesh, and a flag and a wine. Verse 7. Then on that day, David delivered his first psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren, Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works, glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them that rejoice that seek the Lord, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face continually. That almost sounds like Psalm 111 that we just read, isn't it? The wondrous works, his face, that's all there. Remember his marvelous works that he had done, his wonders and his judgments in his mouth. There's some distribution there. There's some sharing there. Our thanksgiving should be overflowing, not inclusive to our family. Now again, this does not simply apply to the fourth Thursday in November. Amen? I want a louder amen. Amen? All right. Okay. Okay. Very good. <clears throat> Sincere thanks. Luke nine forty nine and 50. We forbade them because he followed not us. This was uh, the disciples talking to Jesus. We know that didn't turn out too well. Philippians 1, 15 and 18. Whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. Therein we, we rejoice. We're going to stop splitting the hairs. We're thankful that the Lord is being preached. Okay. Okay, I want to look at 10 saints who gave thanks for something other than food. Got it? 10 things people gave thanks for other than food. It's okay to give thanks for food. But, but think about it. Okay, think about it. And go back over the last seven days. 
Okay. How many times did you thank God? Okay. Just, okay, I didn't. I hope it's not 21 times. Three times seven. But let's say it is 25 times, right? If you thank God. How many of those were the thanksgivings for the food set before? 20, 21 out of 25? I don't know. My point is, is how many times this week have you given thanks? And of those times you did give thanks, how many of it was just simply for the meal that you're about to eat? Well, here's 10 cases where people gave tremendous thanks and it wasn't food. Okay? Please give thanks for your food. Don't get me wrong. But don't only give thanks for your food. Got it? Exodus 15, 20 and 21. Miriam thanked God for delivering Israel from Egyptians, and she did it with music and dance. Okay. Brother Doug, were you dancing this week? <laughs> I'm teasing. I didn't either. Okay. 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10. Hannah thanked God for granting her conception and birth. That's a pretty important one too, wasn't it? The baby Samuel. 2 Samuel 22, 1 through 51. David thanked God after the victory and battle over the Philistines. It's pretty good. Pretty good thing to give thanks for. 1 Kings 8, 14 through 21. Solomon thanked God in his dedication prayer for the temple. And then he offered a whole bunch of sacrifices. My point is, is um, the first one in Exodus, Marion backed it up and demonstrated it with music and dance. 1 Samuel 2, Hannah backed it up by dedicating Samuel to the Lord. How many of you are that thankful to dedicate your first child to the Lord and turn him over to a priest? I don't think I have that much thanks in me. I'm just being honest. I think I need more faith. David thanked God after victory with the Philistines. He thanked God by continuing to be a dedicated soldier. First Kings 8, Solomon thanked God and he thanked God and he followed it up with sacrifices. Ezra thanked, Israel thanked God that the temple's foundation had been laid and they followed it up with a worship service. Daniel thanked God for wisdom and might and he demonstrated that thankfulness by exercising his office with all integrity. Luke 1, Elizabeth thanked God for the conception of John the Baptist. And hers was a verbal thanks. Luke 1, 46 through 55, Mary thanked God for choosing her to bear the incarnate Son of God. And she followed up with a song. The tenth leper came back to Jesus and thanked him for having been healed. And he thanked simply by stopping the other nine were so excited, they just wanted to go home, and I don't blame them. Do you understand the ramifications of being a leper in that day? You haven't held or hugged your children or your wife in forever because you were quarantined, you were contaminated. And they were healed, and they're going to hug and and they're going to hug their wives. But here's one out of the ten come back and said, wait a second, time out. I want to hug my mom and dad. I want to hug my wife. I want to hug my little kids just as much as everybody else. But I'm going to go back and say, God, thank you for this. And then I'm going to run and I'm going to, and I'm going to run faster than they did. Okay? Paul thanked God for the Philippians for their faith and their charity. So how did Paul thank God for that? He just kept on ministering. Wow, look at that. All right.
And then finally, I'm coming to an end. I can't blame this one on me. Brother Richard, the battery died, okay? <laughs> uh, here's here's uh, 10 Psalms with thanksgivings for something other than food. So we just looked at 10 people that gave thanks for something other than food, and here's in Psalms 10 things other than food, okay? And and I want to ask you this question. This This is a self... Maybe, the, maybe a whole sermon should be preached on this one. It's hard to give thanks when you're anxious, isn't it? Kind of worried. It's, and I did these in alphabetical order, okay? It's hard to give thanks when you're bitter, isn't it? It's hard to give thanks when you're covetous, isn't it? It's hard to give thanks when you're depressed, isn't it? It's hard to give thanks when you're envious. It's hard to give thanks when you're fearful. And I stopped there because I couldn't think of a G. (laughs) But those are emotions that can get in our way of us giving thanks. Okay. So, how do you do it, Brother Dolph? Well, sometimes... My advice is, fake it. Do it anyway. But that's rote. I know. And if you're doing that after a month, then yeah, come talk to me. Get started. Okay? Psalm 1. I'm sorry, Psalm 7 and 17. Here's thankfulness for God's righteousness. 28.7. Give thanks for God's strength and his being a shield to you. Give thanks that he hears you. Jesus gave thanks for that once. Give thanks that he delivers you. Give thanks for his sovereignty. Give thanks for his goodness and mercy. 100 and verse 1 through 5. Psalm 103, 1 through 6. Give thanks for his commandments and his judgments. Really? Really. 107, 1. Give thanks for his wondrous works. Give thanks for his promises, his verity, and his holiness. And give thanks for just his simple presence. We've got a lot to be thankful for. Amen? Amen. And food is one of them, but it's not the only thing. So how can we do this? How can we do this so it doesn't become rote? Well, we're going to try one thing next Sunday. Next Sunday, I'm even going to do this different this year. I'm going to come, we're going to sing our songs, we're going to pray. I'm going to come in the stand, I'm going to preach for five minutes. Okay. And we're going to sing another song, and we're going to go back there and sit around that great big old table and give everybody, children too, an opportunity to give thanks for what the Lord's done for you in the last year. It's just Brother Dolph shaking things up again. Want to break the roteness. Amen? Okay, so you might think about if you're nervous and you're shy, you can write it down and I'll read it for you. Okay? Or someone else will shy. This is the time to shake things up, to do it publicly. Because ultimately, God told us to do it. But I pray that
it's more than just a legalistic response to God's commandment. It's something that you've actually thought about his goodness and his mercy and grace, how good we have it here on earth. And you just want to brag on God. This will be a time of bragging on God. So may the Lord bless you. Thank you.